So, no Okada in the Royal Rumble. Alright guys, let's talk about it. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Square Circle Podcast, hosted by yours truly, Marie Shadows, and I am reviewing the 2024 Royal Rumble by WWE. They sold out the Tropicana Arena at 48,044 people. That is amazing, and they broke the record for how many people are in that arena, especially whenever they have like basketball games over there and stuff. And people are there celebrating, having fun. It was an awesome event. For some reason, WWE makes me feel like a fan. Like I'm watching it as a fan and I'm not really too much critiquing it in my mind. Like there's nothing that has to pull me out of being a fan. So let's talk about the Royal Rumble. This is a very quick, just right after the event review of it first of all i really enjoyed it i really did like i said i watched it as a fan i was surprised for the surprises and like i started off this podcast episode basically no okada like i really want okada to get the full experience of what it means to be a wrestler in america and get that superstar effect because okada is special And that's where a lot of people just don't understand that he is very special. You may not know all of his matches in New Japan Pro Wrestling. You may not even know of him that well, but you know of his name. You know that every time someone talks about Okada, it's basically Okada versus Kenny. That's all they ever bring up. They don't bring up Okada versus Osprey, Okada versus Ibushi, Okada versus Tanahashi, which was you know, a very heated feud, sorry, excuse me, a very heated feud. Again, I'm doing this on my phone, so I am basically going to, you know, not really edit this. This is getting to be done, you know, in full transparency of like how I think and how I speak and everything. So just be, just be prepared for that. And I think this is a lot more personal with everyone that listens and everyone that shares. It's a lot more personal rather than trying to be that professional even though i can make professional episodes but you get the idea back to okada okada versus tanahashi was definitely one of the hottest rivalries in new japan pro wrestling because you know okada being the young guy coming in back from excursion going after tanahashi tanahashi being the champion at the time and you know when Wrestlers want to go and make a name for themselves. Who they go after? The champion. It's no different in WWE. But the only reason why I like to push that I want Okada to go to WWE because there'll be a lot more fresh matchups. There'll be a lot more better direction. Okada will probably probably be feeling comfortable because if we've seen what WWE has taken Shinsuke to do with his vignettes. And how Shinsuke is able to talk in Japanese for his vignettes. And you can have Okada do the same thing. Okada could talk in Japanese in his vignettes. And it wouldn't really like hinder anything. Okada is a very special wrestler. He has a very special aura about him. And he does come off as that superstar that he should be. And the only place that can take him to the next level is WWE. AEW cannot take him to the next level. I thought that maybe AEW can take like Jay White to the next level. And they sort of did and then fucking stopped it. 
And now I want Jay White back in New Japan Pro Wrestling or, you know, WWE buy out his contract or something, man, because after being with, you know, um, the acclaimed to make Bang Bang Scissor Gang, like what? No, don't regress when you are progressing. This is what happens when you lose to MJF, that you sort of regress. And by the way, I'm not trying to make this into a WWE versus AEW thing. It's just for people to look at it from the bigger picture, from the top down of like, you know, they had something there and then like they just squander it away. But WWE makes the most of like all the opportunities that is given. And sometimes not all opportunities go further than maybe like two steps. But for the most part, they go further to where we could be satisfied for it. So that's my reason why I want Okada in WWE is because I know that they can take him to the next level of stardom and be that stup- that superstar um, that he knows that he could be that superstar that we know as fans that Okada can be. That's the only reason why I was looking forward to Okada showing up at the Rumble and hearing the coin drop and everyone lose their fucking mind. Because again, Okada is special. Now, I do want to say that at a future date for a tape study series video, which again, if you are on Spotify, Spotify now supports video content and video podcasts. And I like to do reaction videos slash breakdown videos of professional wrestling matches. And I already have one up, which is Jazz versus Steve Carino at ECW, which you guys could check it out. I also have my review up with Jacob Fatu, which is part one as a video podcast. Both of them are video podcasts. So if you're on Spotify, I really want to grow my Spotify numbers. So please do me the favor and watch those videos and send me any type of feedback to squaredcirclepodcast at outlook.com. So in the near future... Um, I will be doing a tape study review of Okada versus Tanahashi. And we will talk about it, go through it. I will break down everything that you need to know. And that is how that's going to happen. Now, as far as the Rumble goes, we start off with the Women's Royal Rumble, which is amazing. And they had, like, all the surprises in the Women's Royal Rumble, which, you know, I can't hate it at all like I loved it each and every one of those women did fantastic and I kind of felt that like when Natalia came out as number one that got me super excited because you know Natalia doesn't come out at number one at all so I thought she was gonna go all the way and I thought she was gonna win the Royal Rumble because you know again she doesn't come out with number one Natalia helps everybody around her but yet WWE has has yet to fully give her her flowers because she is the oldest veteran there. Naomi might be the second oldest veteran there throughout the generations of how many female classes have like come and gone. You know what I mean? Like the generations of the women's division and stuff like that. Those two are probably the oldest vet- vets there. Now, when Naomi came out as number two, once I heard the music, I was like, wait a minute, 
that's Naomi. And then, you know, the fans reacted appropriately and saw her. And, you know, um, it was a really great time. Uh, they all welcomed her back with open arms. And, you know, Triple H is right. Whenever Triple H says that, uh, you know, if when people are ready to talk, he's there available to listen. And sometimes they can make the right decisions. And by making the right decisions is signing your name on the dollar line and becoming a WWE superstar again. And so, you know, it was cool to see Naomi come back. And then we had Bailey in number three and Bailey did wonderful. And then we had the surprises like Jordan Grace. What? Now, personally, I'm just going to say right now that I am not a fan of Jordan Grace. And, uh, but however, as a wrestling fan that likes wrestling and, you know, get excited about certain matchups and stuff, I can put my personal bias aside of not liking her and basically do some fantasy booking. I really did like the fact that she came in with the TNA Women's World Championship title and that on commentary, they said where she's from and what title she holds. And I was like, Michael Cole. Please say it again. Say it again. So Jordan comes in. She does what she does. I want to see a matchup between Jordan versus Ivy Niles. I want to see a matchup of Jordan versus Jay Cargill, which was another great surprise to come to come through. Well, I'll talk about Jade in a moment. I want to see Jordan versus Bianca. Like these are the type of matchups like people should be having because of the same body type and the same build. It won't look right if, uh, you know, the smaller girls are taking on the big musc- muscular girls. And I have to believe that the smaller ones would get the opportunity to really do some damage to someone who has muscle and strength onto them. Like, that doesn't really make sense. I can only suspend my disbelief for so long before it becomes a little too, like... Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. But I will say that Jordan Grace did very well in a WWE ring and looked like a million bucks, and she did well in the Women's Royal Rumble. Now, let's talk about Jade Cargill. Jade looked really good. Came out, had that presence, went into the Royal Rumble. Her shots... The tiny shots that, like, she did, like, you know, the back elbow, some forearms, and, like, some other things looked fantastic. It looked a lot more sharper, a lot more cleaner compared to when she was in AEW. Now, there is a huge difference. WWE focus on training. When you are a professional wrestler, it does not stop once you graduate a wrestling school, from a wrestling school. The training doesn't stop. You always have to train so that way you can understand the chemistry, the footwork, the back and forth, the timing. And it's a whole big difference from when Jade was in AEW versus now into WWE. And you're probably like, well, she didn't really do that much in the Rumble. So I don't know why you're saying that she's better, blah, blah, blah. You know how fans can get. And it's like, because I watch matches, I study matches, and I can tell that there is a difference between this Jade and the Jade in AEW. And I am excited for Jade here in WWE. Another thing, too, that I want to mention is that... On Twitter, Uncle Dave, right? 
Uncle Dave was saying that there was sloppiness and that the crowd was sort of dead and that until Jay Cargill came, you know, the crowd came back and stuff. I basically had to retweet it because for some reason, I don't understand why the men sometimes in the space are really harsh against the women wrestlers. Now, just to be on the same page or just to let you guys know, when I look at professional wrestling, when I look at matches, I definitely do look at like how they do things and I study the matches and I can tell that whether they're green, a veteran, or, you know, they might need a little work on this, a little work on that, but it's always positives with the negatives as well. But it always seems like there's a negative always leading on when it comes to women's wrestling. And then in the same breath, those same people that tell you, oh, this match was sloppy would also be like, oh, well, women's wrestling is important. You guys can't flip and flip around like that. You know, I'm not saying to be like overly positive with everything. You know, there is time to be constructive in your criticism, but to just flat out say, oh, there was sloppiness. And the, the one part in the Royal Rumble for the women's Royal Rumble was that Maxine came out. Maxine was super excited. This is her first ever Royal Rumble and she is improving in her wrestling ability. It may not be as fast as all the guys might want to like, but she comes out, she goes into the ring and she first squares off with Bailey. Bailey is the veteran. Maxine is taller than Bailey and when you're in the Royal Rumble, you sort of have these like butterflies and these nerves and you end up wanting to do stuff and basically get all your shit in. But sometimes, as a wrestler, you got to realize you can't get all your shit in. And so, she goes and does this move of head scissors, where she latches on and someone's supposed to spin her around. And both Bailey and Maxine does it twice. And I was explaining, because, you know, Twitter thinks that you know, there's only one way to look at it and stuff like that, and that Maxine is bad. I was saying that because of how tall Maxine is, it kind of looked weird, and then Bailey didn't know exactly what was going on, so instead of, like, maybe having both of them get hurt, she decided to do it again, and this time decided to just spin her around. Bailey also has to know, like, how much space she has around her, so that way... You know, she's not knocking into any other wrestlers. No other wrestlers are getting hurt. And this is nobody's fault. This just happened. And I don't consider that to be sloppy at all. That was the only time in that match, in the Women's Warrior Rumble, where it wasn't sloppy. Sometimes women can't really pick up. Sometimes when you're wrestling and you lose momentum... Sometimes you can't slam somebody all the way through. So sometimes you might have to like half-ass it or you might just have to just throw them and let gravity take over. And those are all natural things that happen in professional wrestling. For some reason, like I said at the beginning of this little segment, is that men tend to be a lot more harsher on the women. There is a time and place to be harsh on wrestlers in general, especially when 
if a wrestler is like slacking off and not really training and then when they have a match and it's really bad and you're like it's bad because you haven't been to training that's one way to like be harsh but it's also another thing too to be constructive in your criticism and also know in the back of your mind that these girls are still being trained be happy that Maxine really wants to learn how to wrestle even if it may not look like she should be wrestling. I would think that she's more as a manager and we've seen that and that's a very good place for her. But she wants to learn. She's willing to learn. The same way as any other of the females in WWE. If they're not the ones who watch wrestling forever, you know, they might not pick it up as fast as those who are like, oh yeah, wrestling is like my whole life. Sometimes just a, people just learn at different speeds that's what it is uh but i wanted to address that because it was just really bad we had like a whole big thing on twitter about keeping women safe in wrestling and then all of a sudden uncle dave is like oh look at the sloppiness and trying to discredit the women in the women's royal rumble when that rumble was a damn good royal rumble for the women's division that again put the women on the map like when we talk about you know which company has like the best women's wrestling obviously we're gonna say tna because they had the tna knockouts tna is number one wwe is number two and stardom could fall for like number three i've watched like plenty of stardom matches and you know they are great they're great matches so we'll put Stardom as number three and AEW as number four when it comes to the women's division. And that's how we are going to rank them. And so the women's Warrior Rumble, like I said, was great. I just don't understand why men have to be a little more harsher towards the women when they have a proven track record of actually being good and having good matches. From the women's Warrior Rumble, we go on to... The Fatal 4-Way, I am getting tired of Roman holding on to that belt, but he may end up losing it at WrestleMania, which I'll be very happy about. The match could have been better. I just hate the formula now that we have with Roman Solo coming out. We have LA Knight, AJ, and Randy Orton, and it just felt like there could have been more. There could have been more to it. So I was sort of let down because Roman won. Then we move on to Kevin Owens versus Logan Paul. And Logan Paul had mentioned on social media that he signed a full-time WWE contract. And the way that Kevin Owens was kicking his ass, I was like, I wonder if the thought of regret crept kept. I'm sorry, crawled into his mind. That's a better way of saying it. Crawled into his mind. And, you know, maybe Logan could rethink about being a full-time member at WWE because of Kevin Owens kicking his ass. I do know that tomorrow morning he's going to wake up, be sore, and be like, what the fuck did I just do? So the match was really good. Logan Paul, you know, gets it. Uh, he's He's probably the fastest person to get it that's like a non-wrestler the fastest person probably and you know of course 
Logan would have his boys. And that whole distraction thing and trying to have his boy leave the arena and stuff was just took a little too long. You know, a little too long, too, a little too overplayed. I would have just, you know, picked them up and, you know, take them to the back or something. Security could have did that shit, you know, like, you know, because security can't really tell security anything, right? So I would have, like, picked them up, took them to the back and be like, bro, you're out, right? And then continue on with the match. I do think that going the DQ route was the smartest decision because I did not want Logan Paul to get a straight one, two, three count. If Logan Paul would have got a straight one, two, three count, the crowd would have been like booing him. And yes, that is something that you want is when the crowd boos the, the heel wrestler, the wrestler that they don't like. You want that. However, I just don't think that it would have been appropriate and it would have left a bad taste in all of our mouths. You know, so going with the DQ finish of the referee seeing the brass knucks on Kevin Owens' hands was a smart way to go. Because you guys know that uh, WrestleMania, we're going to get Logan Paul versus uh, Kevin Owens. You know that. So I'm not too upset with the ending of Logan Paul versus Kevin Owens. Like I said, it is probably a smart way to do that. And now we come to the Men's Royal Rumble where I started off this podcast episode with the fact that there is no Okada. And I told you why I wanted Okada. Okada is a very special wrestler. He's a very special human being. And he is a star. He is a star. Anyway, the Men's Royal Rumble was not as exciting in a way, I mean, there were moments, we're going to talk about the moments, but in terms of, like, surprise entrance, uh, not as much as I would think. Not really, barely anything new. I think that they did not want to overshadow the women's Royal Rumble. So, in the men's Royal Rumble, we, I believe that it was all based on story. Everyone has stories together. Everyone has something that they're fighting for. Everyone has connections. So that's what WWE wanted to capitalize on. They wanted to capitalize on the fact that every single person, well, not really every single person, but give or take the majority of the wrestlers in the Men's Royal Rumble, they all have a connection with each other and then other outside forces. So I love the fact that we start off with Jimmy and Jay as number one and number two because this is something that we wanted to see for a long time, both of them, you know, fight each other one-on-one with no other outside interference, no other bloodline members, and it was just those two. And for Jimmy to come out as number one, again, my brain was like, yes, he's probably going to go to WrestleMania, you know. Imagine him finishing his story and taking the belt off of Roman Reigns, and that would be very, very awesome. So, but that didn't happen. We also had... um we also had Imperium show up. We had Drew show up. We had everybody show up in the Men's Royal Rumble. And then when it finally came down to the last four, it was amazing. I'm trying to remember. I'm, I'm trying to do this like right after the show. But what I really want to mention is that Cody versus Punk was a really good fight for as long as it 
you know, managed to go. CM Punk does need a little bit more reps to get in, a little bit more cardio because he definitely was blown up. And he was like, oh, my God, this is actual work. You know, the only time he actually did work was when he did was when he feuded against MJF. And that was a very good feud. I will put that over. That was a very, very good feud. But Punk in WWE, like, he has to get back on that WWE schedule, that WWE training where, like, you are in tip-top shape. Now, did I think Punk was going to win the Royal Rumble? Nah. Not really. But was there a possibility? Because both men are tired. You never know. Like, if you throw one over and do another move, the other man might just drop down and, like, you know, both feet touch the floor and that's it. Now, Cody Rhodes winning again and finishing his story. Now he's going to go after Roman. He's going to be vicious. He's going to be vile. If if we learn anything from Cody Rhodes is that he could be petty, he could be vile, and then finally he's probably getting into the American nightmare. Because I don't know if any fan questions like what it means to be an American nightmare, especially if they haven't followed Cody's career through Ring of Honor, New Japan Pro Wrestling, AEW, and then now back at WWE. Now, I will say that during his Ring of Honor slash, like, New Japan slash Bullet Club days, that's when American Nightmare came out. That's where we saw what Cody can do with the American Nightmare, and it's totally different from the American Dream. Because the American Dream is very nice. It's still... Like, you got to pay your dues. You got to, you know, push through the obstacles and stuff like that. But for the American Nightmare, you still got to do the work and you got to make sure that everything counts. And then also be crafty. Cody Rhodes has been crafty for years and no one has given him his flowers for it. Me, I will say that if you do go back into the back catalog and hear me talk about Cody Rhodes, I was very frustrated with his booking in AEW, and I was very frustrated with how he booked himself because I think at that time he should have played the heel. He should have went heel because if you are going to be that final boss for all the new wrestlers that come through AEW and they are going to make a name for themselves and you are their first stop on their journey and their final boss on their journey for like quote-unquote graduation let's say you know you have to be a heel at that point you can't be a baby face you can't try to be a baby face while you're trying to make sure that the new wrestlers that come in they're ready for that next step after you you know what i mean like that can't happen that's why i was getting frustrated with him in AEW is because he needed to be that American nightmare. He needed to be that end boss. Now, in the Royal Rumble, I'm not sure if anyone caught it. It's a small little detail. But he does the crossroads to Nakamura on the second rope. Okay? So, like, Nakamura is in between ropes. And here comes Cody to do the to do crossroads. And that's a very vicious thing. And Cody has never fucking done that shit. As far as I've seen any of the Cody matches I have watched because I have followed this guy because I really do believe in Cody Rhodes. I really do. Even though like I get frustrated with him and I get frustrated with other wrestlers because I'm like, that doesn't make sense. This makes sense. I don't know why you're not going down the path that makes sense, but whatever. I'll watch you. So 
Cody Rhodes doesn't really do that. Cody Rhodes does not do that move at all on the ropes. So to do that, I'm like, oh my God, he's turning a little bit. He's going to eventually become the American Nightmare when he gets to WrestleMania 40 and he goes and faces Roman Reigns for that title to finish his story. And I'm so excited about it. I am really excited. However, if he does finish the story, then that means he's going to have the biggest target on his back. Everyone is going to come after him. And it's going to be one hell of a ride. It is the best time to be a professional wrestling fan. Anything that happens outside of wrestling, that's like a personal thing that happens outside of wrestling, should not affect your ability to enjoy things as a fan. Because it is outside the control of all of us. We cannot control what people do. Because we are not living their lives. We are not that fly on the wall. We are not that genie that can peek through and be like, hey, what are you guys doing? We can't control any of that. It's best for us to control what we can, which is our own lives in the present and being happy. And WWE just gives us that boost of serotonin when it comes to big events like this, big spectacles like this, and you know that now we are on the road to WrestleMania, which is going to be amazing. So Cody Rhodes is the 2024 winner of the Men's Battle Royale. Battle Royale? Royal Rumble. I I messed that up. I I was so, like, in the zone and shit. Let me try that again. Cody Rhodes is our 2024 winner of the Royal Rumble. He is going to go on to face Roman Reigns at WrestleMania 40. We're not sure which night, but it really doesn't matter. Cody's going to go. Cody is going to finish his story. Bailey is our 2024 women's winner of the Women's Royal Rumble, and she is going to WrestleMania 40. I'm not sure who she's going to be facing. If you want my opinion, I mean, she could go out the EO just to, you know, take the belt from her. But then again, she's going to need friends in high places. And this is where I think Sasha Banks will be coming back. I think Sasha Banks, Mercedes Monet is going to be coming back at WrestleMania to help her friend Bailey. Those are our winners. Royal Rumble was amazing. We had amazing surprises. Like, we had NXT call-ups. Sort of call-ups. We had Roxanne Perez in the women's. We had Tiffy, Tiffany Stratton. I was just going to be like, Tiffy. We had Tiffany Stratton in the women's Royal Rumble. They both did amazing. We also had Braun Breaker in the men's Royal Rumble. And I'm excited for, like, all these wrestlers in WWE. They get me excited. Because I could talk about stories again. I could definitely be, like, diving deep into certain aspects of the wrestlers and telling you their motivations and everything, like, about them. And that's what I love to do about these podcast episodes. This one is definitely, like, an informal podcast episode where I'm recording it on my phone and I'm talking right off the top of my head, trying to remember the stuff without, like, having, like, notes upon notes upon notes. And so, with all of that being said, I really hope that you guys too enjoyed the Royal Rumble. This is all about finishing the story. 
our winners are finishing their stories and they're going to blossom into more new stories and more new chapters and more new layers to their characters as well. I cannot wait for WrestleMania for Drew McIntyre versus CM Punk because I know that's going to happen. And I definitely want a continuation of a beautiful working relationship between WWE and TNA and WWE and New Japan Pro Wrestling. Do you see how magnificent they put other people's talent, other promotions' talent on display? Everyone is so worried about WWE trying to take up territory. Everyone is so worried about WWE trying to do things back in the day. But yet then we'll still call for like, oh, we want fresh ideas. We want fresh stories. Oh, but no, you're going to New Japan Pro Wrestling. We can't have that. You guys have to. I don't like saying pick a lane and stay in it. But like, you know, this is good. The fact that we got Jordan Grace on WWE programming is a very, very good thing. It's a very good sign. It's a mutual sign. WWE does not have time for buying up promotions. What will be the point of buying New Japan Pro Wrestling if they are WWE? What would be the point? They wouldn't understand the Japanese landscape. And Japan would not let that happen. The same way that like WWE, like what would the benefit be? of WWE buying All Japan, if that was the promotion that had Charlie Dempsey over there. But like, in general, what would the benefit be of New J- of WWE, sorry, of WWE buying up a Japanese promotion? What would be the benefit? There wouldn't be a benefit. Sure, we could be like, oh, it could be like another training ground for that, but no, if they wanted Japanese wrestlers, they could just talk to the talent and, you know, they come to an agreement, they sign a contract, and they come over to Florida to train in the Performance Center. But I do not see WWE going around buying up territory. I see WWE working with partnership agreements to have wrestlers come over, get that pop, you know, get that one-time thing, or maybe even an ongoing thing where they are a special attraction, and it's beneficial for both, for both areas. And that's the thing, like, now it's 2024, yeah, people can still say that um, WWE might end up buying something, but again, why would they need it? What benefit would that have for them that wouldn't have a benefit? But, with all that being said, be happy about wrestling. Wrestling is hot right now. Wrestling is amazing right now. It's great to be a fan because there is something for everyone. And if you did not enjoy the Royal Rumble, then that's on you. But I enjoyed the Royal Rumble. I hope you guys did too. And I hope that you guys enjoyed any other wrestling that you watched other than the Royal Rumble tonight. And I really do hope that we're going to have amazing stories and amazing time to just sit, watch, and enjoy. If you guys enjoyed this episode, please make sure to tell a friend, share it out, and let them know that this is in a, a review for the Royal Rumble. Also, if you want to reach me on social media, you can find me on Twitter at Marie underscore Shadows. 
If you want to give me feedback of any kind, uh, please do so at squared circle podcast at outlook.com. I do have a website which you guys can visit. That link will be down in the description. But if you just want to type it out as I say it, it is marieshadows.my.canva.site forward slash marieshadows. That basically brings you up to speed of everything I've done in the wrestling business. I used to work for WWE back in 2018. Now I do commentary for wrestling promotions. I do podcasting, live streaming, interviewing, and amongst other things, I also have a wrestling planner out. If you have not gotten your wrestling planner, please make sure to do so. It is the 2024 edition. I make these wrestling planners for the internet wrestling community and also the wrestlers themselves. And you can take it with you. You can write in it and it can be your guide to remembering your dates and everything like that. I love what I do. I love that you guys tune in and I thank you so much, so much for tuning in. Again, ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to a short, quick review of the 2024 Royal Rumble by yours truly, Marie Shadows. And I'll see you guys on the next one.